Welcome to Sitting at His Feet with Tim Peterson and Dave Pryor. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Today we'll be doing another trailer. I think we'll be doing a few of these just to give you guys a taste of uh, what to expect here at Sitting at His Feet. And it helps us to try to uh, figure out this podcast uh, stuff and uh, make it a little more enjoyable for you. Um, uh, But at the same time, to be able to understand the message that God has put in our heart. And like I said before in the previous trailer, God has. He's put a message in each one of us. He's put a song in each one of us. And we know it from the beginning. And We can't seem to run from it. It will be attached to you the rest of your life once you become a newborn babe in Christ. Once you become a Christian, it seems like you can't shake that gift that he has given you. And it's not to shake it, it's to listen to it, understand it, and figure out what part am I in the body of Christ. And as you do that and start understanding it, then... He will start giving you direction. Today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about my soapbox. People say, oh, he's standing on a soapbox. He's out there doing his thing and all he does is say and preach one thing. Well... In a way, that's a good thing for us in the body of Christ. It's like John the Baptist had a soapbox. His job was to preach repentance for the kingdom of God is nigh unto you, is coming to you. You know, and him to prepare a way for the Lord is what it is. So he had a job. We each have a job, you know what I mean, in the body of Christ. We each have our part. And my soapbox isn't bigger than your box. It's just an integral part of what God is trying to say. And then we start seeing that. Then we see that, like Christ says, what can I say, I have no need of you, or the hand say, I have no need of you. We need each other. And we understand now that my instrument plays can play harmony with your instrument. And with the next brother's instrument, God is the orchestrator of what this song is going to be sung like to the world. The world is usually just hearing a couple instruments at a time. You hear the cello over here. We end up hearing the bass over here. We hear the trumpet over there blaring in your ears. Or we hear the little flute or the piccolo. But it just, sometimes it just, to the world, it seems like, wow, this Christian thing is so confusing. Why is it so confusing? God says he hasn't given us the spirit of fear or the spirit of confusion, but of power and love and a sound mind. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about my soapbox and what God has dropped in my heart or the gift that he has given me. And passion. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is uh, something he dropped in my heart over 25 years ago. And, uh, and I haven't been able to shake it. And uh, sometimes I try to, but it just doesn't work. 
I'd say, Lord, Ephesians 4 is so amazing. It's it's just, I, I when I read it and read it over and over again, it just speaks to me so much. And I'm like, Lord, why? How is this going to come to pass? How is the body going to be fitly joined together where every joint supplies? How is this going to happen? I just don't understand. And so I'd be confused in it saying, Lord, this is an amazing like in a movie, the the last 20 minutes, but still not the very end of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, until we all come into that perfect man, into that full stature of Christ, so we can speak the truth in love. So we fitly join together where every joint supplies. Hmm. Why? Why is that so amazing to me? It is. It's intriguing. It, it's different than, I guess you would call in this day and age, what is going out, that you can do this all by yourself. You just got to drum up the faith. You just do it. Just go out and do it. Go. Well, we can do it, teach according to our measure of faith, prophesy according to our measure of faith. Yes, we need to be faithful in the little that we got. But when we learn how much we need each other to be fitly joined together, until, it says until we come into that perfect man, full stature of Christ, then it it helps more, gives me more tools in my bag you know, to help. It's like having a, a tool bag and having a screwdriver on this side and, and a hammer on the other side. But I don't have no screws in my bag. I don't have no nails on the other side of my bag. It's like I'm just like not complete. That's why Jesus sent them out in twos. It's something to think about. We're going to be talking more about Ephesians because since it is something he put on my heart and a lot more about our soapboxes that both me and Dave have. And and you'll be able to understand it more. But we just want to give you a little bit of taste of where our heart is. Just like when I start speaking to a group and, and start talking about Ephesians 4, you could see certain people in the in the audience that just light up like light bulbs. Wow, yes, that's what God has put in my heart too. Wow, yes. You know what I mean? It bears witness with what you're speaking because it's the same gift. It, it's cool because that's what God has done. And when we understand that, uh, you know, it, it isn't just for me. The gift he's given is to edify the body of Christ is what it is. And it gives us more purpose, gives us a passion and a vision. Just like uh, I'll share with you a little bit about as a baseball coach with Brother Dave Pryor for 10 years. And we learned in that 10 years from teaching from T-ball, <laughs> the very basics all the way up into Babe Ruth that we grew. We grew as coaches and started understanding the game more, started understanding to read the other other team and what it is to play defense, offense, and just what it is to relate with the, the players and to make them become a full functioning unit. And before you know it, here by our last few seasons and putting all this stuff the Lord has taught us through baseball, teaching this stuff to the kids, we go into a few 
um, undefeated seasons and go and win the, 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 the local championship. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing what happens when everybody out there is doing their part. And then it flooded over into them. The kids went and got into basketball, and we coached varsity basketball for a local homeschool team. First year we coach, we're like, wow, what are we going to do? How do we do this? Never coach basketball. Look on the internet, trying to find all these things that we need to try to do so we can at least have a competent team on the court. You know, the first thing you ask the kids is, what is your vision? What, is, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for a season? First year, since they almost lost all their games the year before, the first year was like, I don't know, we just want to be able to look like we can even look like a team, look like we're playing together. and It was amazing. After going through the first year and watching those kids, I remember the first game we played and the kids, we lost. But we only lost by a few points. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching these kids shake the other team's players. And they didn't have their heads down. Their heads were high. They were sitting there shaking and they were laughing. Oh, this is awesome. And I asked the kids in the huddle in that locker room afterwards, what, what's going on here? And I go, we lost to this team like by 50 points last year. And we almost beat them this year. And they're just like, wow, these, these kids are fired up. They're like, wow, we got a chance. And through the season, we finally, first season, we go to the state championship game, the final game of the season, and we play against the best team in the league. Eh, we lose by 40 points, but the kids were just stoked. They're like, we made it to this final game by mostly defense alone. All right, let's, let's do this again next year. The next year we go in and we learn Instead of just defense, we learn offense. Not just what it is to become like the body is today. He wants us to be fitly joined together so we can have just locked in tight defense. It's called help defense where you're there. You're just creating a wall. These guys can't penetrate. But we still have to have offense. We still have to have offense. And the Lord taught us how to teach the kids this simple Offense that we found, we believe, so portrayed the body of Christ is called the read and react. You read the defense and you react. It isn't about plays. It isn't about a set thing that you have to do. You go and you do this. You go like going to church. It's just like you 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 you, you shake people's hands. You go worship. You hear the word. You go home. Half the time you forget even what was taught. It's just this rhythmic thing, and it just plays. But does it really have an impact on how for you to react when you get home? When you get home, do you know how to now react to what is the situation that's going on around you? And that's what this read and react would do. Read the defense and react accordingly. So the kids into their second season now just didn't have defense. They had offense. And the offense went from layer one to layer two, all the way up to 13 layers. We only learned a couple layers in the first year. But it taught them where everybody knew on the offense what everybody else was doing all the time. They were all on the same page. No one was left out. Everybody knew what everybody was doing. And it was amazing. Like the first thing is like, if you pass, you must cut. And if you cut now, 
Since you have given, you shall receive. You are the first option for a pass. That's what's neat about it. it. It created unity like God wants to do in the body of Christ. He wants us to go from layer one to 13. He wants us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. And that's what Ephesians 4 is about. How, Lord? This looks good on the outside. It's a team. But is the team unified? Does the team have the same vision? Just like the second year, I asked the team before we got together, it says, now what's the vision for this year? And they're like, let's win the state basketball title. Let's do this. We can do this. They're like, oh, really? They're like, yeah, okay. You can have a vision, but now how are we going to put it into action? can have Ephesians 4, but how are we going to be fitly joined together where every joint supplies so we can speak the truth in love? And that's what they did. Man, they went out there and unified, and we started scoring an offense, and it just watch those kids play in unity. It's just like you say, watching an orchestra, you know, being, you know, everybody playing and knowing their part. Well... Long story short, you know, we took second again. So you will hear more and more about our basketball stories, more and more about how God has used us as coaches, which is really symbolic on how he wants to fit the body of Christ together. So where every joint supplies, not just one player in a corner being a decoy and doesn't know what to do. When you put a player, a new babe in with the offense that God is rhythmically using, then he can even use that babe. And then his babe can find out his gift in Christ and how to use it amongst other brothers and sisters in Christ and how it just adds to it. It doesn't take away. God isn't in that thing of subtraction. He's in addition. And then he's in the multiplication. So let's learn Let's learn from him. This is, like you say, just a cute little trailer just to let you guys know a little bit more about what my soapbox is. And not just knowing your gift, but then learning how your gift complements your brothers and sisters. That we're no longer Billy Goat Christians. That when we gather together, all we can do is say, but what I have is better than you. But I'm a point guard, but I'm a forward, but I'm a center, I'm better than you, but my message is better than you because I'm an eloquent speaker. No, this is about speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in the name of all things. Then that helps you find your identity in Christ, not just what your gift is, but now how to use it because you now have other brothers and sisters around you edifying you, strengthening you, building you up in the huddle saying, you can do this, bro. You can do this. And it's, you see, then it isn't all when we gather together just about the evangelist speaking. It's all about, oh, I want to be an evangelist or about the prophets prophesying. They all gather together with their group, the evangelists, instead of each gathering according to your gifts, saying, let's gather together and see what the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, until we all come into, until, you see, we can't come into that perfect man in that full stature of Christ without each other. 
So let's stop trying to just do this all by ourselves, where you just say, oh, I just got to go out and do this. I got to go out and do that. It says, the Bible, it says, let us gather together, even daily, it says. That's why Paul said to him, why do you marvel when you gather together? One has a psalm, one has a word, one has a prophecy. Let all things be done in an order. And that's what we do. Because we each, I see with my, see my sons, you know, practicing, you know, in the garage. They're dribbling drills, going over the drum, shooting, they're shooting drills. And they're, and they're not all about pounding their chest when the basket goes in. It's all about the body. I'm strengthening myself. I'm reading the word. I'm hearing his voice. I'm sitting at his feet in my private time. So then we can learn to sit at the, like at the coach's feet when he is all of a sudden now assembling the team together in practice to, to put those gifts together for work so it can all of a sudden be magnified and watch the team. It's just amazing watching the kids on the bench. They're so excited watching their team play just as the crowd is. Watching the crowd roar just like it says. You know, we're encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let's lay aside the sin and weight that so easily besets us and run the race that's set before us. Yes, brother, we're encompassed about with brothers and sisters in Christ and the heavenlies cheering us on. Not to run this individual race, but to run a corporate race. It's a relay where you're passing that baton on. When you're gathering together and you watch a gift, all of a sudden just the words of God flow out of your brother and sister. And then all of a sudden you pass the baton and that brother picks it up and he starts speaking the words of God that come from his heart that the Holy Spirit is speaking him to speak and those words bring life to the situation and then that brother passes the baton on and it just it's such an amazing thing to see a re-release run where each is running as fast as they can giving everything they got but at the same time they have entered into the rest what it is to enter into the rest of God and you hear me speaking a lot about that. We'll be teaching about that. What it is today, if you will hear his voice, enter into his rest. Today, after such a long of time, he is speaking to you daily, brothers and sisters. Open the door. He'll come in and sup with you. And you with him. And you'll hear the voice of God for yourself. So join us again here, sitting at his feet, so we can both learn how to sit at his feet, learn his ways, so we can walk in his paths. Amen. Grace and peace be multiplied to all those in Christ Jesus.